0: This is Fostering Conversations with Utah Foster Care, where we have insightful conversations about parenting for bio, foster, adoptive, or blended families to better understand the experiences we all face as families. A warm welcome to everyone joining us today. I'm Deborah Lindner from Utah Foster Care, along with my co-host, Liz Rivera. Hi, Liz. Hi, Deborah. Today, we titled this podcast, Helping the Helpers. And when you talk about foster care, you think the helpers are the foster parents. But sometimes those foster parents need a little help, and we are more than willing to give it. Whether or not you're already a licensed foster parent or you're thinking about it, you'll be hearing today about all the supports we offer here at Utah Foster Care. And Liz, one of the most important supports that I've seen is that Each and every new foster family is assigned a mentor of their very own.
1: Yes, and it's an amazing program. One thing we know is that foster parents are foster parents' best supports. They understand the language, the lifestyle, the 3 a.m. calls, all of the uncertainty of doing foster care. So we love that foster parents support other foster
0: parents in this way. And we have a whole program and staff dedicated to supporting those foster parents. Yes,
1: And Heidi Naylor, she's our Director of Retention, and she heads up those efforts. Heidi is going to talk just briefly about some of the wonderful things the Retention Department does.
2: Thanks, Liz. I'm excited to be here. Some of the things that we do are appreciation events. Those vary throughout the state. We help with holiday gifts and wishing well funds. If you have a child that is in care that is going to prom or needs contacts to be able to play a sport at school, they can apply for a wishing well. They can receive up to $300 each year that they are in foster care. We also provide support for new foster parents with the mentor program. We do in service trainings and are always open to feedback from great foster parents on what they'd like to see for upcoming trainings. We can help families find respite care. There's lots of ways that we can help support foster families. If you can't get a hold of your mentor, give us a call here in the retention department and just talk to us about some of the struggles you're having, and we'll help you with as many resources as we can help find for you.
1: Specifically today, we're going to talk in more detail about the mentor program. We have a special guest with us today. She is a foster parent, and she's also one of our mentors. Amy, we're so glad to have you.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me today. So when we talk about mentors, a lot of people don't know exactly what that means. Amy, for you, how were you introduced to the mentor program and how did it help you as a brand new foster parent? So when we first became
3: a foster family, someone was assigned to us and that person reached out to us and just asked us what placements we had, what we were willing to take on, shared a little bit about her experience in foster care and just periodically reached out to us essentially to make sure that there weren't any specific needs we were having. Basically just being a friend and a friend that knows what it feels like is a lot different than just your neighbor friend or your parent or your sister. They are super great supports, but there really is a difference having someone that has done foster care be a friend or a mentor to you.
0: As a brand new foster parent, when you went through training, you think I got this. And then you get your first placement. Tell me how that felt.
3: You don't got it. The trainings, I think, actually are phenomenal. And I think all parents should take foster care trainings because I learned so many things that I wish I would have done with my own biological children. They were really informative, but real life experience is nothing to learning in a classroom for any subject. And the same goes for foster care. Our first placement was a teenager. And was older than any of my biological children. So it really was like, okay, here we go. I didn't know what I was doing on any front. And since then, we've had multiple placements, the youngest being one we brought home from the hospital. So we've really experienced a large age range of placements, and some have been more difficult than others, for sure.
0: Heidi, tell us how the whole idea of Mentors
2: came about. What was going on with the foster families? What we have found is more seasoned foster parents were just naturally taking new foster parents under their wing and talking to them about their experiences and giving them the opportunity to learn from them. I think that is a really powerful thing, like Amy was discussing. You just can't sit down and talk to a neighbor about some of the things that you're experiencing because our experience as foster parents is a very unique experience. And a lot of the challenges that our kids come are not the challenges that you see in everyday life. And so To be prepared for those is difficult. Mentoring, we have found, is one of the most successful ways to encourage and educate a new foster family to gain the confidence and the skills to face the adversities and the challenges of bringing a child into their home through foster care. This gives new foster homes the support and tools needed to deal with day-to-day challenges and someone to contact during those trials. We have found that those that are assigned mentors and utilize the mentor program are more successful in outcomes both for the child in their care, but also for retaining a foster family in the long run. So it has become an amazing program. We, in the last few years, made it an official program. And there are lots of ways you can gain a mentor when you become a new foster parent. You can actually go onto our website and request to be assigned a mentor. Your RFC will give us your information, and we will reach out to you about your interest in participating in the mentor program. It's a program that I would suggest that every family take advantage of. And one of the beautiful things that we've seen happen is not only was Amy a mentee, but as time went on, she has become a mentor to other families to give back. The knowledge base that a seasoned foster parent has is irreplaceable. They understand the resources. They understand the challenges that come with caring for youth from hard places. And it's an amazing opportunity for them to give back to new foster families and guide them through a process that feels really foreign at times.
1: So we'd love to hear a little bit, Amy, about your experience as a mentor and what that experience has been like for you.
3: I have actually done mentoring roles with other companies before. So when they asked me if I wanted to be a mentor, that was something that was exciting to me because I really like getting to know people that are going through similar things that I'm going through. So I was excited for that opportunity. I have two families right now that I mentor and really I just text them. I just stay in touch because life is busy, right? Especially when we have placements, our lives are hectic. And so just texting them, and keeping up with them one of them i got to run into at the holiday event it was so fun i was handing out cookie mixes and she pulled through and i hadn't met her kids in person yet so that was really fun to meet her little kids in her care and then even just this week i was texting with one of them and she's in severe crisis mode and i said send me your venmo because i'm sending you lunch money because i don't know where she lives we're not in person Friends at this point, I just know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be in crisis and for your neighbors and for your mom and your sister to think, why the heck are you doing that? Stop doing that. And we don't stop doing it. We keep loving these kids and we keep doing really hard things. And so to have another foster mom or family say, hey, I know that's really hard. Here's 25 bucks. Go get some Cafe Rio and a swig. You can keep doing this. You're going to be okay. I think just staying in contact and just like the camaraderie of, Hey, I've been drowning too, and let me send you a life raft here because I know what it feels like.
0: One of the common thread we hear is, I could never let those kids go back home. I've got to think that's one of those things that you as a mentor can prepare them before it happens, before they get that emotional roller coaster. All of the people that I've mentored so far actually have
3: not sent kids home yet because maybe they're still new, but personally I have sent kids home and yes I cried when they left, but guess how many times I've gotten to see that kid since because I created a relationship with that biological family. I love sending kids home because you get to see the joy and the happiness they have to go home to mom and or dad and They also know that they have a safe place with you, that if they ever need you, they can call or text you. And hopefully you've created that relationship that mom and or dad can call or text you. That's been actually one of the most rewarding parts of foster care for me is to create that relationship and to
2: see these kids thrive and go home and to see these parents succeed. It's really incredible to witness. I think one of the most amazing things about reunification is you're part of preserving a family. How beautiful it is to see a family heal and become healthy and children to be able to go home to their first parents. Liz always says, love is never wasted. That is the mantra I've started to live by because the price that we pay for loving these kids when they go home is that our heart breaks a little bit, but we had the privilege of keeping a family together I have contact with children I fostered when they were quite young, and now they're in their early 20s, and it's a beautiful thing to still be a part of their lives. I totally agree. I think we're in the process of adopting one of our children in
3: care, and honestly, that's been more devastating than sending a kid home because, yes, I love this child, and she is my child now, but that was severely painful to witness a family be broken. So yeah, reunification is incredible. Painful, but incredible.
1: So Amy, a lot of foster parents we have found are not very good at asking for help. They're helpers. They're not the ones asking for help. How do you say to them, tell me what's going on. Be honest with me. I can't help you if you don't tell me you're struggling. How do you get them to trust you enough to tell you they're in crisis?
3: I don't know if I have the best answer for that, but I think just staying in contact, like the person that I mentor, she did not reach out to me and say she was in crisis. I reached out to her to check in. And then she shared the crisis with me. So I think just as a mentor, making sure to keep tabs on the people that you have offered to serve and love and help. And as a mentor we just have got to be a little bit more humble and maybe reach out for help. But I don't know how to solve that one.
1: <laughs> we find that's a big issue is there's things in place like respite care and mentoring and that. And so many foster parents, I think just don't take advantage of that because they think, oh no, we're fine. And they're not always. And so we want to normalize asking for help and getting help.
3: I agree. I think it really is just continually reminding and reaching out to people and seeing how they're doing and then letting them know, hey, that sounds like you could use a break. Let's find your respite for two nights or whatever it is.
0: And isn't a lot of it too helping them negotiate the system? There are different agencies that can help them with different things. Yes. I also organize the
3: trainings And the training that I chose was community resources, because in the short time that I've been a foster parent, I have found so many community resources and I just I had no idea they existed. So I think being proactive and looking for them, but also get to know Utah foster care staff, go to these training, go to the events, be involved. And that's how you're going to find that there are a lot of supports out there that are quite easy to use and really beneficial.
2: Mentors have the experience of navigating reunification and working with primary families and DCFS and the court system and meeting the needs of children in care. So the great thing about having an established, seasoned foster parent mentoring a newly fostering family is that they have already been there and done that. And they can help provide resources for you in your community because it's different throughout the whole state. Yeah, I think
1: an important message of the mentoring program is about self-care. But I think sometimes that the message is that kind of you're still on your own. And I think self-care really is about asking for the help you need. So take advantage of all of these amazing resources, including the mentor program that are out there, that's sometimes the best form of self-care is asking for help.
2: I worked with a family once that as each child came into their home, they would say, once a month, we take a break where you get to go stay with another family and we just get caught up on things that we need to do. So respite was built into the process of bringing a child into their home. And from the very beginning, there was an expectation that they would take a break once a month. I thought that it was a really great way to explain the experience to the child. So the child understood they were leaving, but they were coming back to the home. I think a lot of foster parents are scared or hesitant to take respite because it will be a disruption for the child. But if it's an expectation that we take a break once a month, it's not seen as The child's being punished or being sent away for a day. It's just that families all need breaks sometimes, and we all do better when we get breaks from each other. So respite is just part of the process of fostering. And they were a lot healthier, all of them, by taking those breaks for themselves. I love that. I
3: think that's a really good idea. We all need breaks from everything. (laughs) Parenting is hard. Foster care is hard. And something I would add, too, is I feel it's so important to get to know a foster family or two that you can trust because, you know what? It's really scary to say, hey, can you guys find a foster family for me to send these kids that I really love, like my own, for the weekend? That is not going to happen in my book. I'm sorry. I know that you are vetted. That's super great. But no. We've had to use respite before, and it is always somebody that I know personally as a foster family because I'm not going to just let my caseworker choose. So I think that's another way that could give some peace of mind is to get to know a foster family or two that you do trust that you can reach out and say, hey, can you take the kids to hang time and have a sleepover Friday night so that I can sleep through the night or whatever it is.
0: One of the terms we threw out was cluster so maybe we should
2: explain what a cluster is. Absolutely. The state has broken us all into regions. Amy, for example, is in the Western region, which encompasses all the way from Perk City to Delta. And within that region, there are geographical areas that the state has broken each of you into. There is someone in charge that's another foster parent who helps make the families in that area aware of upcoming activities, upcoming trainings. They ask for feedback on potential trainings. So everybody's part of a region and everybody's part of a cluster. You can attend events and in-services done by any cluster anywhere in the state. We have even had a family just recently from Juab County come up to our Murray office to attend an in-service because they wanted to come that badly. But you do have someone that is an unofficial mentor for you in your region. And if you have any questions about who your cluster facilitator is, you can reach out to your retention specialist in your area.
1: And Amy, you do double duty because you're foster parent, soon to be adopted parent, mentor, cluster facilitator.
3: <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I, we did not know what we were signing up for. 100%. We we're just like, cool. Yeah, there's a need in foster care. We could do that. Like, that's fine. Oh, wow. This is a lot. But you know what? We love it so much. And I just have had such a great experience with all of the Utah Foster Care staff. We've been so impressed. We've had wonderful caseworkers. I love our RFC. Just we've had a phenomenal experience. And my way of giving back is to help in these small ways. So I really enjoy it. Amy, how is it? Do you feel that you were able to get to know other
2: foster families the best?
3: I feel like I'm still working on that. Honestly, a lot through my Instagram. That sounds really weird, but I've met the most amount of foster families through that. Some of them I haven't even met in person. And then my RFC has connected me with certain people because they're similar to us that we have older biological children and now we're adopting younger children. So it's like starting over. We go to most of the events, but you're so busy wrangling children that it's hard to meet other people. But those are the
2: ways I've met people. Amy, when she was talking, referenced her RFC. And just to give you a little plug on what RFC stands for, it's a resource family consultant. The resource family consultant is like the caseworker for the family. Their job and their role is to help preserve placements. They're a person who can also help support our foster families. If you don't know who your RFC is, reach out to your caseworker and they can help you. For those of you guys out there who follow Utah Foster Care's Instagram, we regularly share
1: Amy's Instagram posts because they are very inspirational. So thank you for sharing pieces
3: of your life and your wisdom in that way as well. Oh, thank you. I never want to be too much, but I also know that if you aren't a foster parent, it's really hard to know what it's like to be a foster parent. So I try to give as much info as I can without sharing too much info or without scaring people either. If you call me personally or DM me, though, I will give you all the facts of what it's really like. (laughs) It's the hardest job that you've ever loved, correct? That is a wonderful way to put it, yes. My husband calls it my drug, which is probably not the best choice in this field we're working in, but it's very much addicting. It is very fulfilling to love these kids
0: and to love their families. It's really rewarding. When I've been around foster families who meet each other and engage each other it's just magical people from different walks of life that you have this thing in common and you guys just make magic together cuz we all know how hard it is and we all know that we're going to keep
3: doing it and we all know how crazy we are and how rewarding it is it is cool to get to meet and become friends with other foster families
0: now liz Foster parents do learn about mentors in the training, right? That's where they'll first hear about it.
1: Yes, we talk about mentors, we talk about clusters, we talk about the supports that are available. But one thing, and I think Amy referenced this a little bit, is that there's training and then there's real life. And sometimes the translation between remembering what they heard in training and, and applying it to their real life is difficult. And so that's where we try to reach out to the families. I know Heidi's staff really does to try to make sure they're getting their needs met. And that's where the mentors and the cluster facilitators are so valuable because they have that frontline contact with the families that to help remind them and uh, share with them the, th- the things that are out there to support
0: them. One other support that we mentioned in passing, the Wishing Fund, there's emotional support, but there's also the cold hard cash support that's
2: supplied by donors. The beautiful thing about the Wishing Fund is it provides opportunities for our children to go on vacation with their foster families. Prom dresses are not cheap. We've had a lot of kids involved in specialty sports that even sometimes take them out of the state and being able to help ease the financial burden. There really isn't money within the DCFS budget to help pay for those things, but we want our kids to be able to have normal experiences and the same experiences that any child in your home would have. So if there's a way that we can help with that, go onto the website. You need to be a licensed foster family through Utah Foster Care and fill out an application for Wishing Well funds. That's all donor funded. People give money
0: for this particular reason. And so foster parents should use it. I have been
3: amazed at the donations and just the amount of goodness that is given to not only kids in care, but also the foster family. Like my biological children have felt so appreciated at events that they get to participate in too, because it is hard. They are giving up their room sometimes. They are having to watch a little sibling because I've got to run someone here or there. And so I've just been so appreciative of all the donations, all the companies, individuals, events, everything that is given to Utah Foster Care for foster families, for kids in care and biological families. It's just amazing to see the amount of goodness that is given. You don't know until you receive. And it's been really cool to be on the receiving end of that.
2: And then after receiving, now you're able to give. Any final thought? The mentor program is an amazing program, so please take advantage of it. If you have been fostering for a number of years and would like to give back, you can also fill out the form to become a mentor, which is also on our website under foster parent resources. And if there's anything else that you need, reach out to your resource family consultant or to your retention specialist in your area. And Amy, if you could say anything to someone listening
0: right now who's thinking of becoming a foster parent, What would that be? Utah
3: Foster Care actually just posted about this, and it was get to know a foster family. And I just thought that is so accurate. Get to know a foster family and ask them what it's really like. I think that's the most convinced you could possibly be is seeing it firsthand and seeing how hard it is. It's hard, but how beautiful it is and how rewarding it is. Give it a whirl. It's an amazing experience. Get involved, get to know a foster
0: family, and start taking classes. Speaking of those events where you can meet a foster family, we have them every month. Go to utahfostercare.org and look under events and you can find them. Thank you, ladies. We've had a great discussion about the many ways Utah Foster Care supports our families. We have foster parent Amy and Heidi Naylor, Utah Foster Care's Director of Foster Family Retention. Ladies, thank you very much. A reminder that your input is important to us. Be sure to leave your ideas for future podcasts and any kind of feedback that you think we need to hear. If you are already a licensed foster parent in Utah, you can get your in-service credit for listening today. Thanks as well to my two colleagues who make this all possible, Liz Rivera, my co-host, and our producer extraordinaire, Marshall Shearer-Davis. Remember, you don't have to know everything to become a foster parent. You just need to be willing to learn. We'll see you next time. This has been Fostering Conversations with Utah Foster Care. Thank you for joining us. For more information, go to utahfostercare.org. We'll see you next time.